welcome to Right Way Politics. We do politics the right way, the winning way, and we leave the left way behind. Brian Kerwin here, noted Virginia political consultant, and I absolutely love watching debates. We had the second Republican presidential debate, and, uh, well, humdinger it was not. Uh, actually, it was pretty predictable, and uh, this was the, uh, the people who qualified for the debate, the top seven candidates, excluding Donald Trump, who gave a speech instead. The topics were pretty uh, pretty standard fare for a Republican uh, primary uh, contest. I really uh, wasn't thrilled with how this debate went with most of the candidates, but, uh, I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Much of what happened tonight was memorized and rehearsed. Much of what happened tonight was getting film in the can for TV commercials that would be out the following day. But I gotta say, the ones who seemed the most impressive are the ones basically that had governor next to their name. Uh, DeSantis dominated the time, but it took him a while to get there. Um, Ramaswamy had a lot of talk time, but didn't really say much. Tim Scott talked long, didn't have much memorable to say. Chris Christie was his own self. Uh, Pence and Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley had trouble getting in, and uh, Bergam got floored, even though everything he said made sense. For the most part, everything he said went by the wayside because he was basically ignored by the moderators and only got to answer a question when, they for when he forced his way in. Uh, topics, by far, uh, this was at the Reagan Library. This was an, Ill an illegal immigration debate, by and large. And they talked about government spending. They spent a good chunk of time on education. But by and large, this was an immigration debate. Uh, but for now, it did uh, provide for some uh, decent talking points. want to go with Tim Scott, obviously, wanted to talk about immigration. The first question he got was about the auto worker strike. And it didn't take him five seconds before he started talking about illegal immigration. Moderators really ruined this debate in a lot of ways. As far as umpires, they were Angel Hernandez. It was pretty, pretty bad. Moderators almost talked more than the candidates. They argued with the candidates, tried to enforce the rules. They threatened to cut mics off. It, it was pretty pathetic. Uh, the moderators really poor performance here. I almost wish they weren't on camera because it seems like they know they're on camera and they relish the thought. Ron DeSantis he basically had to force his way into the debate. First 15 minutes, there was not a word from Ron DeSantis. They didn't ask him a single question. He was standing in the middle because he's the highest in the polls, but he did horribly. And the moderators, again, didn't answer, ask him a question, and he had to interrupt and interject to get his first words out. And he kept bringing things back to immigration. The bottom line is, Ron DeSantis has a good record as governor, and he kept coming back to that. He had good answers on crime. He had good answers on inflation. He talked about education policy. Here's where governors really work well in debates because they've dealt with these issues on a statewide level and they have a record. They have results. And it's a, it's a good message to have. And it's not surprising that the people who did fairly well in these debates, in my opinion, uh, come out of the governor's title. Nikki Haley really focused on economic issues, which is, I, I think, where she can go best. 
She's really trying. And here's where she really tried to differentiate herself from the others. And I think she's making a mistake. She's got a good record on cutting taxes and spending. And she's got a, she's got a good message. Probably crammed too much in for the answer she gave, trying to show off how much she knows. But she keeps trying to shift the whole thing on China and tries to fight with Ramaswamy with uh, China, the connections. And, and it kind of works, but her best answers are about her record when she was governor of South Carolina. When she tries to talk foreign policy, I really think she falls short. She could do so much better, and she really has a bigger comfort zone on camera talking about her record as governor and a little bit less when she starts talking about foreign policy. And again, most of it was attacking other candidates and trying to get the one-liners in about how unoppressive they are. I, I, I remember her saying uh, she feels dumber every time she hears Ramaswamy speak. Uh, he, he didn't have a good second debate. He was bland. He, he toned down the energy. Uh, he's obviously been coached to kind of chill out and calm down. Every time he got attacked about himself, he tried to say, let's talk about issues. And that's, uh, that's a key sign when somebody in a debate's getting attacked and they want to change the subject. It means the attacks are working. Chris Christie, he, again, he, he he's good when he talks about his record. When he talks about uh, being a prosecutor, when he talks about crime when he talks about taking on the teachers unions then he's really scoring points among republican primary voters uh, but he just can't shut up about attacking republicans and attacking washington dc uh, he's got much bad things to say about republicans as he says about democrats and i hate to tell you this but there's a lot of republican primary voters who voted for a lot of the republicans he attacked and it's difficult Mike Pence, I could really cry because by the book, if this was 20 years ago, he would be a shoe-in for the Republican nomination. Mike Pence is exactly the kind of person the Republican Party would have looked for 20 years ago. He's smooth. His zingers are crisp. He knows how to debate. He knows his sound bites. He's a pro. He knows his stuff. Uh, he's relatable. He's got that Midwestern likability to him. There's a touch of Reagan in the way he speaks. I've said this before. He, he talks like George W. Bush's twin brother. It's just this is a different Republican Party. This is a different world. And the kind of campaigning where you just smile and talk about America and try to be the compassionate conservative, not enough. It's not enough anymore. You know, you got to be able to, you got to be a little tough. You got to have a little swagger. Mike is just too much of a gentleman. He's a wonderful gentleman, a great guy. He's obviously ready for a debate. He's obviously never going to get above, above a, a few percentage points because, again, he's a throwback to a different era. Um, he had good one-liners. In 2023 communication, he just doesn't play. He's past his moment. Always going to be a former vice president, probably one of the greatest Republicans on the national stage as far as his ability to communicate across the party aisle and still make his points. Uh, he can be appealing to moderates. I wish 
that we had a time for a candidate like Mike Pence, but it just, it falls flat. And Doug Burgum from North Dakota, <laughs> uh, you feel so bad for him. He gets almost no time to speak. They never give him a question. It, it, they're so condescending. They get a question about farmers and they say, oh, the North Dakota guy, let's ask him. You'll love this question. It's easy. It, they're so condescending to him and he, he makes great points, but it's not going to matter. He's not, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's shoved off to the side. He's not raising buckets of money. He just, he, he's just, if you read a transcript of his answer, you say, wow, this guy's really got something to look at. We've got something here. It just, it's just not going to sell. He's just, he's, he was good talking about the automakers. He was good bashing Joe Biden. He did everything that you'd think a Republican would do, and it's just not going to move the needle. It's not his time. So if you're looking at what's happening, my, my basic result from watching the second Republican debate is there is a big, giant, gaping chasm waiting to be filled by either Donald Trump or somebody else. Because what we have here is a lot of pretty good governors that just haven't been able to cross that threshold. And a lot of it is because so much of that threshold is taken up by Donald Trump. But should Donald Trump not be a candidate when these primaries start taking in actual voters? Tim Scott looks lost. Ron DeSantis looks ready, sounds ready, but there's something missing. There's something that doesn't connect when you see him televised on a debate stage. There's something missing. There's some connection that comes through the camera with the voters that really on the national stage you have to have. And I just don't see it. Nikki Haley does have it. She just, I've said this before, she still has a problem. She doesn't have an answer to the question of why Nikki Haley instead of somebody else. Uh, she's not stepping forth with the one thing that she brings to the table that nobody else does. Ramaswamy does. Absolutely different from everybody else running. It's, it's The wings look like they're about to fall off for him. And uh, he's just becoming a one-note wonder. He had energy the first time. And the second time, it just it just failed. And Chris Christie is Chris Christie. If he was running for governor, he'd be perfect. But he's running for president of the United States, and he just looks like he wanted to be Trump so bad. He almost acts like in 2012 he was Trump before Trump, and it got stolen away from him by this outsider, and he resents it. Um, Chris Christie's not going anywhere. Uh, Mike Pence is looking for the 20th century to come back. And uh, sorry, Doug, back to Dakota. And you're not going to see much movement to through the presidential polls. If you look at the uh, latest national polls, it's still Trump by a truckload. We're talking 40 plus points. Trump has been over 50% for a while. He's staying there. He, it's actually the gap is widening. Uh, DeSantis is the only person that's broken out of the field. And even he has peaked. He's half of where he was a few short months ago. Uh, he had a pretty strong spring, but it's been uh, been pretty rough for him since then. And everybody else in the pack is mired below 10%. And it's and the numbers really aren't moving. Nikki Haley has been 
margin of error, plus or minus two from five points her entire campaign. Ramaswamy's just below that. Pence is in the fours. Chris Christie can't get above two. This is a Trump race, unless if for some reason Trump gets out of it in the last 10 polls, have him over 55%, and some polls have him close to 60. This is over before it starts with Donald Trump, except for some, if some way, this thing is, is Donald Trump's to lose. Uh, it's been that way from the beginning. It has been that way, and it will be that way if somehow he's not on the ballot. Everybody's waiting for Trump to stub his toe, including Trump. Trump's worst numbers were in March, and he's just gone up ever since. He's gone from a low of 43 to a high of 58, 59. It doesn't look like it's going to crash anytime soon. So we're basically looking at a Trump re-election here and a preseason game of a debate. So we're basically looking at a Trump to lose. The only way anybody has some oxygen is if there is a precipitous crash of Trump voters in a Republican presidential nomination if somehow the votes turn out differently from all these polls. But right now, it, it, with a 40-plus point margin, it's hard to see anyone catching Trump or jumping into the... Now, if uh, for some reason Trump does a crash landing, is it too late for anybody else to get in? I don't think so. Probably too late to make any headway in Iowa and New Hampshire. And with two South Carolinians on the ballot, don't know if South Carolina is going to matter much to most of the other candidates. But Super Tuesday is in March, and it's plenty of time for somebody to get in, or quite a few people to get in, should Trump go by the wayside. But there's nothing that showed up last night. Nobody really hurt themselves. Nobody really, nobody really had a gaffe. Nobody really had a mistake. Nobody really had that zinger that knocked somebody out. No, it just uh, it was just some pretty good people who looked like they were having a debate of who should be the next governor of some state, and it went pretty well. Don't know how much it's going to matter when the votes start being counted, and that's the way I see it. Brian Kerwin from Right Way Politics. We hope you find your way back soon to Right Way Politics.